0: You're listening to Nurse Converse, presented by Nurse.org, a collaborative podcast amplifying diverse nurse voices. Get ready for a dose of inspiration, a sprinkle of education, and a whole lot of community. Hello, everybody. My name is Lily, and I am just so excited to have been given this opportunity today by Nurse.org to talk to you all about a topic that I feel super strongly about, which is burnout. I feel like You hear the word burnout thrown around in nursing school and you can't fully comprehend it. And then one day you're driving home and you've got six saline flushes accidentally still in your pockets. You've got four cans of Red Bull in your glove compartment and two bags under your eyes with a will to live that's hanging on by a string. And you're thinking, oh, I get it now. There are times during the podcast where I will make light of it, but burnout is extremely serious, and at this point in the medical field, we all either know someone who's gone through it, we've gone through it ourselves, or we're at risk of developing it because of our jobs. So let's just dive straight into it, shall we? I'm going to start by telling you guys the World Health Organization's definition of burnout, and then we'll go into my personal experience navigating it and how it had me harvesting eggplants on the countryside of Italy. So, what exactly is burnout? The WHO defines burnout as a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. It is characterized by three dimensions. One, feelings of energy depletion or exhaustion. Two, increased mental distance from one's job or feelings of negativism or cynicism related to one's job. And three, reduced professional efficacy. Now, to me, burnout is a story. There's not one singular incident you have where you throw in the towel and you say, I'm burnt, but it's rather a culmination of multiple serious, stressful, and even life-altering moments that throw you from yourself and make it hard to carry on each day. My personal story begins in May of 2019. I graduated with my BSN, and I went right into studying for my NCLEX while working nights as a nursing assistant. I passed my NCLEX and became a registered nurse in July of 2019, and I actually got hired the same day I found out I passed my NCLEX on the oncology unit of my hospital. It was a big day. So when I started working as a nurse, I knew it would be hard, but I honestly didn't expect it to rock me as hard as it actually did. Going from having one patient in clinicals where I could sit there, research their diagnoses for hours, look up each and every lab value and give a detailed reasoning for each medication they were on, to being responsible for six lives was a really difficult adjustment, and I suffered from some intense anxiety from it. I can remember going to bed at nine in the morning after a night shift and then waking up at 12 in the afternoon in a panic to call the floor and tell the nurse on duty I forgot to tell you, I held the metoprolol during morning med pass. And the nurse on duty was very kind and was very lovingly like, You don't have to call me and tell me that. I I see it in the MAR. You can go back to sleep. (laughs) But there was just this overwhelming fear of how am I ever going to be good enough to save lives? I was told one day that you'll kind of just get it. And I actually feel like that's exactly what happened. My first shift of orientation was Halloween of 2019. Spooky, right? And I would say by February of 2020, I was starting to feel really good about what I was doing. Well, I think we all know what comes next. March of 2020, we took a little stroll down pandemic lane. And I was in the epicenter of the pandemic in New York. I felt like Wiley Coyote when he's running, 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 and then he has all this momentum and then suddenly he runs off a cliff. But for a moment, he stays in the air and he realizes stuff's about to go down and then he just drops. That's how it felt being a new grad in the pandemic. I learned so much. I adapted. Like I said, I had all this momentum and then suddenly all the rules just did not apply. But of course, like Wiley e. Coyote, I survived. So I worked through the pandemic and somehow a year flies by. I I now consider myself not a seasoned nurse, but a lightly sautéed one, and my skills are stronger, my confidence has grown. And now I'm even charge trained and I'm precepting my own nursing students for their capstone. I was nominated for multiple awards at my hospital, became OCN certified, and at this time I was even having conversations with my manager about being the assistant nurse manager of the unit. It's truly amazing what time can do. But despite all of this success in my life, something just didn't feel right. I felt a mental health decline. I was back in therapy and I was starting to process the feelings that the pandemic had given me, which were just so much easier to ignore. I don't know why, but I had this gut feeling that I had to go to Hawaii. I literally never had even been to the West Coast at this point, never traveled by myself or stayed in a hostel, but all of a sudden, I'm on a flight, and I'm on my way to Honolulu within five days. It was one of those moments where you know you're a fully grown adult, but you're kind of like, am I allowed to do this? But I did, and I went to Hawaii, and I had the best time of my life on my first ever solo trip. I made a lot of friends from all over the world, I went skydiving and cliff jumping, and my perspective on life just got so much bigger. I never pictured my life anywhere other than New York, and then suddenly the world was possible. So when I got home from this trip, I made the choice to leave the hospital that I was at and become a travel nurse. (laughs) So in January of 2022, I got my first contract in Los Angeles, California, and I was working in an outpatient oncology setting for the first time in my life. Everything was really new. It was a completely different environment, completely different schedule. I was given completely different medications, and life was just new. I was shaken up, and it was difficult at first, but it was refreshing. I was no longer on a 12-hour overnight shift, and I felt alive. I realized I had time to actually live and do things the days that I work rather than roll down my blackout curtains and pretend like my neighbor isn't mowing his lawn at nine in the morning when I'm trying to sleep. I was a nine to five princess diving back into my hobbies, old and new. I started surfing. I was taking improv and acting classes again, and I fell in love with pottery. It was my therapy. And no matter what happened at work that day, I could just throw myself into something tangible, That forced me to be present and work with my hands and get out of my head. All nurses, I highly recommend pottery. It's an incredible hobby. At my new job, I was working in a section of the floor where patients would come in and they'd get monthly injections or they'd get their central line accessed prior to chemotherapy. Seeing my patients monthly or even weekly, I really got to know them and develop strong relationships with them. Not only did I know about their medical problems, but I knew how their dog was doing, and I knew that their sister was flying in from Maine for the holidays, and I knew about the new tattoo they were planning on getting, or the cake they were going to bake that weekend. I knew everything, and they became more than just my patients. They were like friends. During the lows, we cried together, and we celebrated during the highs. It was A level of connection that I hadn't felt very often at the bedside, and it was long-standing. A fair warning. During the rest of this podcast, I'm going to be discussing death, loss, depression, and anxiety. If you yourself are struggling, or you know that these are topics that may trigger you or affect you in a negative way... I would suggest turning this off and maybe listening when you feel ready. So I was so lucky to develop these close bonds with my patients, but it made it all the more difficult to open your email in the morning one day and get an expiration notification to find out that they've died. It did not feel natural people you'd just spoken to a week ago about the plans that they had gone just like that in an email in one email you learned that someone you cared for died you probably won't see them ever again and you typically didn't get the chance to say goodbye and that would happen again and again and again and that was that but you have to learn to store it in some other compartment of your brain because right now it's Tuesday morning and your patients are starting to come in. So smile, give the addiction, bring in the next patient. When you work in a specialty that administers care to a population with high levels of death, there's a difficult line and boundary that you have to draw for yourself so that you can go home at the end of the day and live your life without crumbling. And that brings about the question, how? Where is the line of caring enough, but not too much? How do you toe the line of being the most empathetic nurse that you possibly can be, but not stepping over it? How do I not give all of myself to these wonderful humans right in front of me? Because I'm human too. And that could very well be me in the hospital gown. Outside of work, I started struggling with my hobbies. I ended up going viral on Pottery TikTok, and I put a lot of pressure on myself to make content. So Pottery became less about me and having a creative outlet to more of a stressor, and I felt like I was just swallowed into a sea of algorithm. My life was to wake up, go to the gym, go to work, go straight to the Pottery studio, In my scrubs, you can see in a lot of my comments, people are really confused as to why I'm wearing a pair of scrubs. And then after that, I would go home and cook dinner, shower, edit my videos before bed, sleep, and repeat. I I felt like I was never not working, and I felt constantly exhausted. I had no work-life balance. And the thing I just kept saying and feeling was I have no time. So with an increasing patient census, increasing deaths, poor work-life balance, staffing issues, high turnover, and feeling undervalued at my job, my anxiety started to increase and manifest in ways that I could not yet recognize, but looking back, it's very clear. I started to become very hypochondriacal which as a nurse is not fun because you know a lot. (laughs) Every week I felt like I had a new diagnosis for myself, and in my head I convinced myself I was always dying, whether it was a DVT, breast cancer, GI bleed, or a stroke. And yes, I did think I had all of those at one point. My mind was constantly trying to convince me that something was wrong and that I should start writing a will. And while I can look back on it now, And make light of it. Those of you who struggle with anxiety know that in the moment, it's reality. Your mind cannot see past that, and to be constantly convinced that you're dying is terrifying. On top of fearing my own death, I could not get throughout the day without thinking of my parents dying. I remember calling my mom, hysterically crying on a random Saturday, and just saying, What am I gonna do when you're gone? And then I remember visiting home and walking my dog when I was visiting my family, and I just started crying because I was like, he's going to die one day. My mind could no longer escape death, and I was just grieving life as I was living it. At work, I felt like I was starting to get more lazy. I knew I wasn't the nurse I once was, and I hated that. I would feel utter dread on my way into work. And then on the way home, it was like I got this rush of dopamine and I felt relief. On top of all of this, I started dreading going to the pottery studio, something that I loved so much and previously brought me so much comfort was no longer something I even enjoyed. When you're in this deep of a hole, it just feels like there's no way to crawl out. In all aspects of my life, I felt hopeless. By this point, I ended up signing on as a per diem nurse in California. I was essentially making my own schedule, working 9 to 5, on the day shift, no weekends, no holidays, and making good money. But I was still miserable. Everything was right, but I felt wrong. I always said, when I started, when you recognize you're burnt out, you have to take a step back. So I did. I was listening to an incredible podcast called The Psychology of Your 20s, and they were talking about the 9-to-5 job in your 20s. They mentioned something called WOOFing, which I had never heard of before, but it stands for Worldwide Opportunities on Organic Farms. And it's this program where you go to different organic properties all over the world, And essentially learn how to organic farm in exchange for a place to sleep and for all of your meals. And once I heard about that, that familiar gut feeling creeped right back into me and I knew right away that was the answer. I had never had a garden in my life, and I could not tell you what a tomato plant looked like at the time if my life depended on it. But within the same month, my letter of resignation was on the desk and I was booking flights across the world. I got that second wind feeling that you get in life when something just feels right. I knew that I was doing what I needed to do for myself and that I was making the right decision. I just needed time to pick berries and think. I packed up my apartment in West Hollywood and I headed out for six life-changing months in 11 different countries throughout Europe and Asia. Traveling in itself is an incredible way to broaden your perspective on life, but it was also just so refreshing to learn something drastically different than nursing, to immerse myself in something new and let my mind take time to heal. It's amazing what happens to your brain when you eliminate the stressors in your life. The thoughts of death started to become less and less, and eventually they transformed. I was no longer thinking of my parents dying, but more ways that I could appreciate them and the time that we have together. Grief went from being my life to just a natural part of it. I wasn't scared of dying, but I was scared of not living before I die. It's truly amazing what time can do. Now, am I suggesting that the cure to burnout is running away to Europe? No. (laughs) Again, burnout is a story, and this one's just mine. Everyone's story, everyone's struggles, and everyone's healing journey is going to be drastically different. I am so privileged and grateful and lucky to have been able to leave the workforce completely for the time that I did. And I couldn't have done it without my amazing support system, but... I'm in my 20s with no children, no house, no spouse, and no big responsibilities. And I am so aware that this is a rare case and most of us can't just leave. So how do you face burnout? Like I said, this will look different for everyone and there's no one cure. I am not a therapist, nor the solution to any problems, but here are a few things that helped me, and I personally would recommend to anyone who was in the same position. Number one would be to talk about it. Whether it be with a therapist, with a colleague, in a journal, or with a friend, talking about how you're feeling is always helpful. We are no longer in a day and age where mental health issues should be stigmatized, and we need to have these conversations again and again and again because then they start to become normal. You have to take the thoughts out of your brain and let them exist. You deserve to have a safe space in your own mind, and when your brain is constantly full of overwhelming or scary thoughts, that safe space just gets smaller. Once you start talking to people, it also might surprise you how much they relate. When I handed in my notice and I opened up to my manager about how I was feeling, he told me that he himself struggled with burnout at one point in his nursing career, and he also took a year off before going back to nursing. That was not the reaction I was expecting at all when I handed in my notice, but in that time, I felt so supported and I felt so seen. Everyone deserves that. Number two, take the space that you need. We all learned it in nursing school. A wound cannot heal without proper nutrition, good perfusion, a strong immune system, etc. So how do you expect a brain to heal when it's constantly under stress, exhausted, and in the same environment that caused it to decline? It can't. Whether you need to take a few days, a few weeks, or even a few months, allow yourself the time to take a step back and evaluate your situation. Are the conditions at your current job fair, and do you need to go to a new job? Can you maintain your own health and take care of yourself while working in the specialty that you're in, or is it time for a change? Do you need more serious and professional help to make it through this? What is going to help you most in your story? It can be scary to take a step back, and one thing I felt was this sensation that I was letting my team down. But I can assure you, the hospital will survive. They will find someone else, and the world will not end. Everyone will be okay. And you deserve to feel okay, too. Which brings me to my next point. Number three, be kind to yourself. This may be one of the hardest things you've gone through, and it's real. It can be easy to look at others who are doing well and say, why can't I be just like them? Why can't I feel good? And the answer is simple. You're not them. Everyone's different, handles things differently, and presents their emotions differently. What a boring place the world would be if we were all the same. Be gentle. Respect yourself. You've worked so hard to get to the point that you're at, and you've gone through really hard things. And you've been resilient through it all. So allow yourself to recognize these emotions and process them. Because ignoring them and bottling them up will only hurt you more. The only way out of it is through it. And you can do it. Nursing is an amazing profession, and we all went into it for a reason. I think in low moments, it's important to remember why we chose to do it in the first place. Because you weren't only a hero in 2020. You've always been one. So, some of you may be wondering, where are you now, Lily? Well, right now. I'm taking the time to just enjoy the holidays with my family. I'm learning to bake bread, and I'm not very good at it. And I'm giving myself the space and time to decide what my next move is. I know that my time with oncology is over. It's time for a change. And at this point in my journey, I'm really excited about it. As nurses, we are so lucky to work in a field where there are just so many opportunities. The nursing degree is so flexible, and you have the power to do what you want with it. Something I learned is that stepping back doesn't mean you have to write it off forever. But know that if you have to, that's okay too. Just follow your gut, and it'll never lead you wrong. It may even lead you to an organic farm in Italy. I want to thank you all for taking the time to listen to me and my story for the past half an hour or so. The further this podcast goes, I'll be able to bring you guys along with me for the rest of the journey. So make sure to review this episode if you related to it, if it spoke to you, or if you just liked it. If you liked me, you can find me and see more of my burnout journey on Instagram and TikTok at, at I'm Lily Madeline. Thank you to Nurse.org again for giving me this opportunity to record. And I want to say thank you to all of you who voted for me to be able to do so in the first place. If you or a loved one is struggling, there are resources and people who want to help. The Suicide and Crisis Lifeline number is 998, and the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration National Help Hotline number is 1 800 662 HELP. You're never alone. Be kind to the world and to yourself, you guys. You've got this. Thanks for joining Nurse Converse, brought to you by Nurse.org. Help us grow by leaving a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcast platform. Nurse.org supports nurses with career and education tips, life advice, and breaking news. Thank you for all you do and for being you.